Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast, we're spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses, from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of Canada Horse Podcast. This is our first episode in our equestrian image series. We're diving right into one of the most difficult to discuss topics today. It's all about equestrian body image, the judgments, negative and positive impacts, stigmas and experiences. We have a couple of women here with us today who have been kind and, let's face it, brave enough to discuss this topic with us, as well as another special guest later on. Right now, we want to welcome Holly Chow and Lynn McLean. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. So to add to what Nikki just mentioned, deciding to discuss body image when it comes to equestrians wasn't exactly easy for us to just do. We've been putting a lot of thought into it. And before we go any further, I feel it's important to stress that we are going to be sharing our own opinions and experiences today in hopes of raising awareness and to help foster a more inclusive equestrian community. We are not professionals and nothing we bring up or share is meant to be medical or psychological advice. We do have some resources to share though. If you are looking for mental health support, you can go to canada.ca slash mental health or CAMH.ca. Eating disorders can also be an underlying issue when we start to dig into body image. If you're dealing with an eating disorder, think you may be struggling with one or would just like to find out more information, we suggest you go to the website for the National Eating Disorder Information Center. That is N-E-D-I-C.ca. Thanks for bringing that up, Nadine. I'll also add those websites into our show notes for anyone who's looking for the links. So don't feel like you have to just grab a pen and, and jot those down. So we really wanted to do this topic justice, and we are so similar in size, height, shape, age, and life circumstances that we knew we needed to have others come on and share their experiences with us to just round out the conversation. When we put out a call for help in the last episode, Holly, you sent us a passionate voice memo, and we knew right away that we needed to get you on so that you could share and be a part of this conversation. We also had thought that it would be a great idea for Lynn to join us as well. What was it that moved you to send us that message, Holly? Um, You guys had kind of said a couple of different points in your podcast. It kind of hit me when you started saying about how our bodies don't, they don't function the way they used to. Um, You know, some of us have been riding our entire lives, but now that we're middle-aged, we maybe don't, our bodies just don't work in the same way that they used to. Um, Whether you've had kids or, you know, you've just gained the COVID-15 or whatever, trying to basically relearn how to ride when your body is shaped and works completely differently, it kind of hit home for me. Um, between that and i uh, working in retail, um, helping to fit clothing, riding clothing to every different shape of person, no one's ever really happy in their own skin. So it's so important for people to make sure that they wear something that is comfortable for them, not just what's cool and on trend. So I kind of wanted to come on and voice some of that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. As soon as I heard your voice memo, I was like, okay, we knew we needed to get Holly on at some point. Like this is the time (laughs) she's passionate about this. And just for transparency, we should mention that we do all know each other. We're part of the same horse community. 
But Holly and Lynn, you both work in the retail side of it, as you just mentioned, Holly, and you also compete in AQHA shows, primarily Western Pleasure. Is that right, uh, Lynn? Primarily, but generally just now moving into the all around. So actually this year I have a young horse, a four-year-old that's been in training, and we are actually only doing the Hunter Under Saddle this year. So for me, this is kind of a big one too, because we're switching from Western, which is what I know, to English which is what was home when I was a youngster and things don't work the same way as they used to. So it's a totally different wardrobe. Absolutely. And your body does different things now than it did. So, okay. So that's, that's pretty significant. Both of you work in retail with equestrians. And so we should say, so bits and bridles, is where you work. And Holly, that has English and Western. Holly, you also started with an English background, now ride Western. Lynn, you also used to ride English, correct? And now ride Western, now making a switch back to English. Um, I have experience in the same sort of realm. And so I do like that we're well-rounded in that sense in this conversation, in the fact that we know what it feels like to put our bodies in these required outfits. We just want to let go and feel comfortable and do the things. Um, So I think it's important that we use those experiences throughout this conversation to really help hone in on how does that impact what we're doing, what we're signing up for as equestrians, how does that impact our body image? So before we get too deep into the conversation, I'd love for you guys just to share more on your background and then your current involvement. I know we talked about like sort of your disciplines, but I know there's a whole lot more to it than that. So why don't we start with you, Holly? So I started riding when I was just a kid, um, mainly hunter jumpers most of my life. Um, I did everything growing up from catch riding ponies. I did a little bit of dressage. Um, groomed for some people. Uh, I was a stable hand in probably every little barn in Mount Uniac growing up. Um, I went to college, became a massage therapist and kind of got out of the competitive scene for a while. Um, and then got back into it a little bit in my mid twenties. Um, and it was in 2013 when the opportunity arose for myself and my business partners to purchase bits and bridles. Um, and then I kind of dove in head first. Um, I met so many different people um, from different walks of life, different disciplines, people I had never met before just being an English writer. Um, and I became fascinated with the Western world. Um, and it actually wasn't until Lynn, it was probably 2017, maybe. Um, yeah, we were okay. at the Color Classic here in Windsor <laughs> and Lynn looked at me and she's like, you need to just get on my horse. So I got on her big Hudson horse and loped around and that was it. I fell in love with the Western horse. So I then in the following years, the following year, um, ended up doing a lease on the paint mare that I have now. And I am full fledged into the APHA all around. Uh, we do the Sussex shows. Um, we do the local shows. Um, I have now purchased an AQHA uh, he's now a yearling. Uh, so that's going to be my up and comer. Um, I've done cattle sorting and penning. I've done a bunch of the trail obstacle clinics. Like there's just so much out there that I just wasn't exposed to growing up. And my mind has just has expanded so much and just meeting all the, the new and different people. And, um, like I've, I've just, I've just surrounded myself in it in my work, my outside life. Um, you know, my husband always says, can we go do something other than going to a clinic or a horse show this weekend? Like, well, let me pencil you in in two weeks. <laughs> like, I always wondered if your husband said those things because um, mine yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's technically Lynn's fault that I got into the, um, the Western side of things, um, which is part of why I dragged her into this as well. <laughs> <laughs> I got goosebumps when you said about how you sat on Lynn's horse and it was just done because I feel like we've all had a similar experience or you can, you can appreciate that experience where you're put on a horse and you just are like, this is the feeling this is, I love this, you know? So that's really, really exciting. And my gosh, just seeing you, how you've evolved over the last few years is pretty cool. And what you've done with that mayor is 
is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've I've had a lot of fun. I still feel like I don't know how to ride most days. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows how to ride anyway? That's right. fine. No. Okay, Lynn. So, do you want to give us a little bit of your background? Uh, yeah, I actually basically grew up on the back of a horse. I was very fortunate. Um, my entire family, my mom and her sisters, everybody used to show. So it was from day one. Started riding at three, competing at three and four in like lead line, walk, trot, up to hunter ponies, 4-H, breed shows, everything. It was my entire life, probably till I was 18, 19. I had done all the things with my last mare and it was time to adult. <laughs> so I kind of got out of it. Fast forward 20 years later to a full career and I had to have back surgery. Um, I wasn't even able to sit on the back of the horse for about seven or eight years and had back surgery feeling better and thought I need to get back into this. So ended up with Hudson um, and started doing the local shows and the breed shows and just having fun. The amount of things I learned with him is incredible. Everything I had learned about riding growing up was probably now polar opposites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I had to redo all of the things. Um, Hudson is now retired from the show pen. And I have a four-year-old horse that is now in training that will be shown this year. Uh, shown a little bit last year. We just bought a two-year-old. Uh, double registered and she's kind of just being started and so now we're kind of back in it full-fledged married someone who was a horse person uh barrel racer longtime barrel racer so he kind of supports the whole thing and thinks pleasure horses are a bit of a bore but will support me in whatever I want to do so yeah so now here we are well that's awesome thank you so much for sharing ladies the the vast experience that we have right now in this interview is like kind of gives me chills. Just the years of just enjoying horses and choosing to whether show or not show, but just the involvement in horses uh, is is pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, it's really you, neat. I think when you start with it, kind of like I did, and then you go away from it, you realize how much it's literally in your blood or it is mm-hmm. part of who you are so mm-hmm. you can go away from it but if it's who you are I feel like you always come back somehow in some capacity correct me if I'm wrong but I think all four of us have experienced that yeah. where at yeah. some point mm-hmm. we have said okay it's time to step away and it's just who had a choice but to come back yeah there's yeah. always something that, that just kind of falls into your lap and drags you back into it always hmm even when I didn't right have ways. anything, right. <laughs> Even when I didn't have anything personally to ride, I was still grooming for friends at breed shows mm-hmm. and I was still warming up horses and bathing horses and clipping horses. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it definitely, if it's part of who you are, you come back. It, it's interesting because Holly started this off by saying, you know, I rode as a, ch- a child and we all know we've all done that. And so we know the difference between how things felt then and how they feel now. And after I took some time off, I actually had gone into bits and bridles. This was quite a few years ago now. And the first thing I did was, okay, well, what are people wearing now? What, what are people that are getting that are Western wearing right now? Because it had been probably six or seven years since I had done these things. And like you said, Lynn, a lot has changed in quite a, in that amount of time. And so I know that you guys working in the retail store, you see all different body types, and all different kinds of challenges. And, and it's not, we're not just talking, when we're saying body image, it's not just underweight or overweight. It doesn't just have to do with weight. It has to do with, like you said, Lynn, like back problems or leg length or chest size, many different things, head shape, you know? So what kind of challenges do you hear from people that are coming into your store when it comes to their bodies in their equestrian life? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the first one is everyone always, no one's ever happy in their own skin. So this is sort of a conversation that Lynn and I have on a daily. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, I could look at someone and think that they're the most incredible, gorgeous, spectacular looking person I've ever seen in my entire life. And there's something that they hate about themselves. 
So trying to help somebody pick out an outfit um, that's going to make them feel comfortable, not feel out of place, but then also still feel comfortable on the back of their horse is a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. So you have to really work with someone and you don't want to just pump up their ego. Um, you know, I'm not one to say, oh, you look fabulous in that. Absolutely. You should buy that, you know, $150 pair of jeans. I have talked myself out of sales because someone just didn't feel comfortable. Um, and I said, if you're not comfortable standing here, looking in the mirror, you're not going to be comfortable when you throw your leg over your horse later. So it's really just trying to make everyone see themselves a little bit more like how we see them. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, everybody this is going to sound really cheesy. Everyone is beautiful in their own way, simply because they're putting in the effort. They want to go and ride their horse. They want to show their horse, or they just want to spend time with their horse. To me, they've already started that. So I just want to work with what they already have to get them into something that's comfortable. That makes them want to spend more time on the back of their horse. Lynn, I'm going to use you as an example here. Lynn's getting back into riding English, her hunt seater. She's been riding her hunt seater in her Western saddle because it's what she's comfortable with. But our, we share a coach. So our coach said, you really should ride into the English saddle more. If that's really what you're planning on showing this year. So we fitted her and her horse for a saddle. So we got something that's perfectly comfortable for her. Then it was, okay, well, we have to find pants for her because you can't ride English in jeans. Sorry, Lynn, not letting you do it. Um, so we found a pair of horsewear leggings that are super comfortable. They're grippy, but like they were so comfortable. She wore them to work the other day. So to me, you don't have to go and buy as much as I love mine. You know, my struck breeches, I love mine, but they're not quite the right cut for Lynn to be comfortable in. Whereas the leggings, I'll wear them, but I'm not as comfortable riding in them. Like, it's just finding what's comfortable for everybody. You know, we may not have a pair of jeans here that's going to be comfortable for somebody. So then we suggest, well, we like these jeans as well. We don't carry them, but it might be worth something for you to try. It's just, it's just trying to find what everybody's comfortable in. And it's easier said than done. But when people are standing in front of the mirror, picking themselves apart, All you can do is try to remind them that they need to be comfortable on the back of their horse at the end of the day. That's the goal. All right, Lynn, do you want to share your insight on this topic? Well, first off, the former hunter princess and they would never wear jeans riding English. (laughs) Um, Just to clarify. Um, However, I I do feel like, so from a breed standpoint, like Holly hit the nail right on the head when no one is ever happy. Someone, I can look at someone who has, in my eyes, the perfect equitation, the perfect, and they're still working on something. They're not happy with something. Their coach is still pushing them in some way to get better, look better, present the package. Um, But at the end of the day, in our world, we also pay people to judge us. It's not like- That's a real thing. (laughs) Right? So it's not like at a barrel race where fastest time wins, no questions asked, done and done. In our world, we pay people to judge us. So I think, you know, right from the get-go, we put such a spotlight on ourselves and pressure on ourselves to present the absolute best for ourselves, our horse, Mm -hmm. our coach, and our trainer, who's put a lot into it. It's her reputation, her program that is being presented. So, you know, I think that no matter what, we probably won't be happy but I think we can all be comfortable. And like Holly said, the fact that we're swinging a leg over and doing it. And at the end of the day, paying people to judge us for it. I think we're already like steps ahead. So I think people should be applauded just for that. I think you just expressed exactly how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's this other element when we talk about equestrian image and we talk about body image in the equestrian discipline, it, when we talk about judgment with horses all the time, we talk about negative judgment from people who aren't judging us. And then there's the people who we actually say, please judge us. Um, And it's a big, it's a big deal. And there's a lot that goes into the package. And when you think of classes like an equitation class, your equitation class 
if you're listening and you're not sure what equitation classes are, that's a class where it's judged solely on the rider. And, you know, I remember the pressure. <laughs> Nadine's like, heck no. But I, I remember growing up with that pressure going into an equitation class. Um, and I today, as a 37 year old woman, would walk into an equitation class feeling that same pressure. Uh, it's, you know, it's something that you grow up with. And I know that when you are subjected to both welcomed and unwelcomed judgment, it weighs on you when you look in the mirror. And I think that is what is a, a large contributing factor to when you two ladies can say that you work in retail and when you see people, we, we talk a lot about women, there, this, is, this applies to men and women, um, but when people go in to get dressed and they know that they're going to be in front of others and that there is, you know, wanted and unwanted judgment there that they want to feel and look their best. And it is a challenge to be able to do that when there are, you know, certain things we have to be wearing, certain things we feel like we should be wearing because of trends or politics in the show world. Um, all of those sort of things influence whether or not we stand in front of that mirror and we go, yeah, this is amazing. I feel so good. Let's like buy it and get out of here. There's a little more to it than that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, Lynn, when you said about the coach and how you're representing that coach, that never has occurred to me before because I didn't grow up and I'm not in a situation where I'm being coached under someone never occurred to me. And very naively, I suppose that you have the pressure to to represent that coach and that they would pretend potentially then put that pressure on you to look and present in a certain way because of their image and their reputation. reputation. (laughs) And I'll be honest when I say that, you know, the coaches that I've ridden under have never put that pressure Mm. on me outwardly. It's a pressure. I I personally feel (laughs) right. I, I personally feel it because I also know that, you know, I have had horses from my burn um, or, or let's say somebody rides under a certain name and you see that person not well-dressed and it's not about money. It's just about their clothes don't fit or they're presenting not the best package or they're yanking and pulling and kicking on their horse or they're doing things that necessarily, that don't necessarily represent the values of that trainer, you don't want some that person maybe wearing your ball cap or your show barn name on the back of your hoodie or whatever that may be. So I'm very conscious of that. Um, and that's pressure I put on myself. That's not necessarily coming from my trainer to say, well, you have to do this, 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 and this. This is just me wanting to represent her and her program to the best of my ability, whether that's just looking good in very plain, good fitting clothes, riding in a way that I know that she would be proud of, mm-hmm. all of those things. But that's a pressure I think we also put on ourselves added to the body image and our bodies don't work like they used to. And we're getting older and there's been an injury, blah, 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 like whatever those things may be. So I think when you start looking at it, there's a lot of things going on just inside this one topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And So that is, and the main thing here also is that your body image is not reflective of what other people say or think about you. No, it's about what you think of yourself. So it it really doesn't matter what other people are necessarily saying. They could be saying great things to you and you still think negatively of yourself. So I, I think that's a great point to make because even though we may share some experiences where people have had some negative criticisms, you also could have negative criticisms and just let it roll off your back and it doesn't really affect you. True. Right. I do feel like Holly, you can probably help out with this too, is experience in pony club brings that sort of pressure, unspoken pressure with at an early age. Like I remember putting on an Avon pony club jacket and having the pressure of representing can you relate to that yes and no so I was lucky growing up like I had a 
a really great horse. He literally carried my butt everywhere. So being able to wear, you know, my, my Briarwood clothing and being able to go and be, you know, on the show team. Um, if we even really technically had show teams back then, I guess, like it was really cool for me, but he, he literally like, he just, I could have, we could have put a monkey on him and he would have won everything. <laughs> uh, so like it, it was easy for me then, mm-hmm. um, being an adult and trying to fit in at a show barn when it's the younger riders, that's really hard. Interesting. Um, and it takes a special kind of coach and trainer to understand that you are not Lynn's really nodding her head quite quickly. Right. Like to understand that you're an adult amateur, um, you work full time, you don't have the same body, the same cardio, the same maybe level of even financial backing as some of the younger riders, the youth riders that can go and ride an hour six days a week, you know, do all the behind the scenes. Um, Oh, you've got ponies that you need ridden to. Yeah, no, that's no problem. We'll get on those too. I'm not 18 anymore. I'm not 25 anymore. I can't do those things. I barely have enough energy to do my barn chores and get in a good solid ride on my horse after a day of work. Mm -hmm. So having a trainer that doesn't just yell at you and harp on you in a lesson because your body, you're not doing what they're telling you to do. And because they actually understand that your body isn't going to do that. Um, So for the first time in a long time, since being an adult, I now have a coach that, you know, we go to do showmanship practice and I say, okay, you know, you get three circles of a a trot out of me on the ground. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the, the gist of my cardio ability, especially after having COVID over the winter, you're going to need to tell me what to do. And we're, we got to fix this in three circles. Cause after that, I'm going to need a 10 minute breather. And then you can go <laughs> and help other people. But she, she's worked with me enough now that she knows what my body's limitations are. Um, so not only do we need to know our horse's limitations, I think it's really important to know our own too, and not expect everything out of ourselves you know we can't say you're an English writer and you're you know you're schooling in a lesson over fences you need to understand that yeah your horse could probably go jump around you know eight fences three or four times in a row can you mm-hmm. and ride effectively and to the best of your ability to then help your horse or at what point is your body going to say I'm real tired we're actually going to start getting in our horse's way now yeah well, I think mm-hmm. that's like being aware and being honest with ourselves to our, our limitations is really important as we get older. Like, it's just, it's not the same at all (laughs) as it was when we were 18, 19, you could go and ride for hours. If someone said to me, Hey, let's go for a four hour trail ride tomorrow. I would laugh at them. (laughs) I would laugh. (laughs) I might cry. (laughs) So when we talk about this, you know, we're kind of joking about it, but at the same time, it's serious. And we are going to talk more on that in a future episode. when We talk about rider fitness and nutrition and the importance and, and how we start to recognize as riders, when we start to go, Oh, things are changing. It's time. But the important thing here is that the, these conversations, those feelings, that awareness and acknowledgement of like, Oh man, I only have two circles in me to, to do this, or I only have three rounds in me before I start getting in my horse's way does affect how we begin to see ourselves. And it affects how we start to choose how we show up when we show up and who we do it around. Because if we start to get conscious or self-conscious of it, and then someone comes in and they might say something, they don't mean it to sound negative. But they might say something like, you know, offsided or like in a joking way. It can feel very personal because it's something we're already very aware of and we're already conscious of. So I would be curious, have either of you noticed different trends, beliefs or judgments around body image 
in different disciplines that you've competed in. This is a, it's a touchy sort of subject because, you know, there's, we know when we think of equestrian image, we have something that pops up for each and every one of us. If we were to draw the equestrian image, all of us would draw something. So what are you seeing in the different disciplines and within retail around trends and beliefs and judgments around body image in the equestrian world? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So I'll, I'll speak on that a little bit. I actually have really started to see, I've always said designers, makers, brands need to make clothes for real people, Mm -hmm. regardless what that looks like. Um, As someone who's bigger, I tend to, especially with jeans, sacrifice fit or comfort. You never seem to get everything. Um, Now I have since found a brand that does that, uh, that gives me everything and they're wonderful, but I'm seeing more sizes, like an extra, extra large. Um, I'm seeing more size 12, 14, 16, 18 jeans coming in. Because not everybody is a double zero. Not everybody is a two four. So I think that it's become such a, a popular conversation. Maybe popular is not the right word, but I think that it's become more of a, a conversation that's at the forefront now of not all equestrians are five foot eight or five foot seven, 125 pounds. Everybody comes from a different background. Everybody has a different body. So we need to be so much more inclusive to that. And I think that brands are really starting to get on board with that. I hope it continues. Um, you know, there, there is definitely the stereotype that it's, it's much harder to find an extra, extra large than it is a small or an extra small. Mm-hmm. But I think as long as we continue conversations like this, people are more aware of it, brands will kind of continue jumping on board. I think that's where things need to continue because the reality is it's a small population that is five, six, five, seven, whatever X amount of pounds, you know, that's a double zero, whatever that looks like that I think we all kind of have in our minds that when you draw it, that's maybe what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, For me personally, and I'm going to say it and it might not be popular, but I feel like the English world, mm-hmm. bigger people don't write English. Not that they don't. We feel like when I look at the English world, I don't feel like I should be in breeches and a hunt coat riding around in an English saddle because I am not that stereotypical mm-hmm. what you see when an English rider is presented to you. And there are some stunning English riders out there with amazing equitation. My body does not do that. So I think the conversation about bigger breaches, bigger hunt coats, you know, this isn't all tiny people. I think as long as that continues, people will continue to feel more comfortable coming in, trying on clothes. If you come into a retail store and there's six pairs of double zero jeans and one size 12, mm-hmm. that's a little disheartening. So, you know, we are really trying to make sure that we cover all the bases from a retail perspective so that when people do come in, they have options. Not just this is the only shirt or this is the only jeans in the entire store or the entire industry that are going to fit you. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I, f- I feel a little icky just having this conversation that it just, it's disheartening. Like you said, Lynn, it's just people that may want to ride that that may have a dream to do these competitions and their limitation is the clothing that's available to them or the style that's available to them. And I'm having a little bit of a, you know, just my brain is going in my head going, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do the manufacturers and the retailers just not make this stuff because there wasn't a need for it? Because those people that maybe were a bit bigger, weren't there buying that stuff. So then there wasn't as much of a request for it. Right. And now maybe the more people ask for it, or as different body sizes start to want to buy these things or ride English or whatever type of discipline, then maybe more will become available. And that's what I'm hoping. I hope that, I mean, I think we're definitely seeing that in the retail trend. I think when you go to the bigger shows, like the Congress, the world, all of those things, there's so many options available to you. And I think some brands are really stepping up and making it much more inclusive. 
So I'm, I'm hoping that I can't answer the chicken or the egg conversation, um, but I'm hoping that we continue to see it go in the direction it's been going. Because I think that is a slice of the equine world that has been missed for a while. I think really it all comes down to belonging. And when you don't see yourself in a space, you will feel like you don't belong. We have to be able, and honestly, I think if we took a photograph of every equestrian, you're going to see there's a lot less of what we picture as the ideal equestrian body than there is every human being, Mm -hmm. every size and shape and color ride horses. It is just the way it is. And if we continue in the media, in social media, in clothing brands, if it's continued to only highlight specific styles of people, then the horse world is going to be very limited. And so when we don't feel like we belong, we will just slip away. And I think this conversation is one of those times where we can start to allow others to recognize what belonging is and that belonging starts from an individual perspective. And that if you start to look for the people like you, I guarantee you, you will find them. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will find them. I think I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are with us today and having this conversation. And Nadine, when you say like, you feel icky, this might be one of the tougher conversations that we have decided to step into. And I think it's because it's so vulnerable and so personal. I think we've all been touched by it. And we know that in just having the conversation, we could be influencing negative or positive feelings in others around their own body image. And that's really hard when the whole intent is to bring awareness and, and belonging into the sport. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we, when we looked at the questions and stuff that you had kind of sent us to look over, you know, there were some personal questions, some retail questions, but at the end of the day, we all, it all starts with ourselves. And, you know, in the store, if, if you have surround yourself with people that are like, get it girl, like those doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. We all have 15 pounds we want to lose or none or whatever. Just do it. Do the things, do the things that make you happy. Wear the clothes that make you happy. And as long as they're accessible to us, I think you'll see it, the trends change. Okay. So I would never, I don't think Nikki would ever describe me as a rebel, but I feel like a little bit of a rebel in this situation. Okay. And I, because I agree so much with Lynn here, I'm going to just say this because I didn't grow up in that whole show atmosphere and not pony club and all of those things. I don't care as much about the preconceived beliefs that all a lot of people have about different disciplines and what you wear and what you shouldn't wear and what you're supposed to do. And I look at what are the rules and what am I being judged on? Right. So when I go into a show, I want to know what the rules are and then I will decide what I'm going to wear aside from that. So that leads itself to, you know, the fact that I wear my helmet and my Western classes and I don't give a hoot what anybody thinks it looks like. And then it comes down to, you know, we're talking about different disciplines. Nikki and I had a conversation um, about rodeo and how colorful the people are the, especially the women, you know, like a lot of the barrel raisers, they wear these bright, beautiful colors and they purposefully pick out these outfits that they feel amazing in and that they stand out in. And that probably makes them feel great. And they're not being judged subjectively. They're being judged on a timer. However, I don't see there's any reason that a rainer can't wear a bright color like that. You know, you don't want to distract from your maneuvers. You don't want to distract from the way your horse is set up and things like that. But I just think like you said, Lynn, whatever you like, if it's within the rules, then forget about the rest. You know, if you feel comfortable in it, it makes you feel great, then go for it. If it makes you feel safe, also wear your darn helmet. <laughs> the conversation we just, sorry, with the conversation we just had with our trainer. And that's why I just kind of wanted to jump in here because all she so switching to English and writing English and being aware of that and her thing is just present me a good picture 
present me a good picture. Mm. That's it. Your clothes fit well. Um, you know, when we talk about my equitation, present a good picture, fine tune the picture. She's not worried about what color I'm wearing or what, I mean, we, we do go to her and ask, you know, is this, is this approved or not? But, you know, in general, she just wants a good picture. And I think if people just focus on that, instead of the trends and the colors and whatever, just do you present a good picture. Okay. So I have to just chime in here because I know there's somebody listening who feels, who never feels comfortable, who never feels like they will be able to present a good picture because no matter how hard they try, they are not at that place in their body where they are comfortable enough in themselves to believe when somebody says it's a perfect picture even. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's somebody listening right now who in all your best efforts, you just aren't comfortable in your body. And so all I want to say to that is that if that's how you feel, it's really important to make sure you surround yourself with people like these ladies. (laughs) So make sure that you surround yourself with people that are contributing to a healthier body image. And that if you are struggling greatly with your body image, that like what Nadine introduced at the beginning of this episode, there are places to get help with that. And again, going to clothing that's comfortable versus clothing that you think you have to wear because somebody else is wearing it is really important. Making sure that you're wearing things that you feel good in, not what you feel like somebody else expects you to be in. Um, But again, there's some of us who just don't feel comfortable in anything some days. So, and that's, that's a huge struggle. Holly, I saw you have a reaction as Nikki was talking. Do you want to share? So like, so Nikki said, it's really important to surround yourself with the right kind of people. I, I can't preach that enough. I've been surrounded by the wrong type of people because I thought they were the people they were. I thought they were my people. They weren't um, because they, there's somebody that needs to be pumping you up to your face and behind your back too. Um, and I think it's really important that the people that you spend time around kind of know your struggles. You know, I think it's, it's really important to have that so that when you hit a milestone or, you know, you work your way through something, Lynn's smiling at me, um, (laughs) when you work your way through something and it's, you know, something you've really been struggling with for a while, um, they can be there for you cheering you on. You know, we all have enough peanut galleries in our lives. We, we don't need the people that we think are there to support us, um, being those peanut galleries. We, we want them to, you know, help be positive. You know, there's enough negativity in the world and, you know, enough drama. We don't need to be adding to that with the thing that we love, which is our horses. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be nothing but positive all the time. Like, yeah. like, don't pump up my ego. Don't, you know, don't beat around the bush. But if I'm fighting through something and you see me do something good, then, you know, clap for me, you know, <laughs> like yes, it's, Holly, like yes. it's authenticity. Like it's, you know right? what I mean? Like Lynn and I just had a, a clinic with our coach two weekends ago. And, you know, we literally every single rider went in there with a certain goal and a certain struggle. And there were people that we had only met a couple of times and we saw them go through it. And we were literally all clapping and cheering on the sidelines for those people because we knew their struggle and they were getting through it. And, you know, at the end of the weekend, you know, people were saying, I can't get over how positive and, and happy you guys always are. It's like, well, if we're not, what the frig are we doing? Why are we here? When it comes to body image, I just kind of interrupted, but like, I <laughs> want to put that back to what we're talking about because every single one of us in that clinic was at a different place, a different age, a different fitness level, a different, you know, one of the days I hauled out the English saddle and wrote English, like we were all at a different level, yet everyone is cheering and clapping and no one's saying, wow, like, mm, should you be doing that? Or should you be wearing that? Like you never hear that stuff. So surrounding yourself with the right people is so important. Absolutely. I think too, it's understanding the difference between constructive criticism and being critical 
Oh God. When yeah. you are critical yeah. of someone versus you are having a constructive conversation, they are totally different. Now I'm going to actually skip out of that because I feel like we could like jump in on that sort of conversation and, and make it, you know, really big. Um, and I think it's just something we need to touch on really quickly. I want to go back to Holly. You were talking about the positive. I can't, couldn't agree more with that. We actually had someone share a positive experience with us when we put out our call for people to be able to share their experiences. And I have to say, I was concerned when we were approaching these topics that we were going to only get negative feedback. When we were talking about, can you share your experiences around body image? I was worried that people were going to get the impression that the equestrian world is so negative and so judgmental that, oh my gosh, like I don't even want to go there. The horse world is a fantastic world. Again, when you work on finding the people that work with you, not against you. So the experience that Kara shared with us was quite sweet. And I want to share it with you all today. So Kara said, my experience is really quite short, but very positive. I started riding endurance when I was heavier than I had been in the past and was very worried about what people would say as I rode my 13-2 hand pony, especially being a long ride. I received nothing but support. And when I mentioned to another lady at the ride my concerns, she was even kind enough to pass on some tips she was given by a fellow heavier rider to make the ride as easy as possible on the horse. That's really that. great. See, that's what we need. Yeah. Like, don't just tell me, you know, all the bad stuff. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what I'm doing right. Tell me, tell me the good stuff too, because there's so many mental health issues out there that people struggle with every day that we don't know about. So someone could easily fixate on that Mm -hmm. one bad comment. It's, it's, it's a struggle and it's struggle as you get older. So it's, yeah, it's really important to have people that support you and, you know, are proud of you. Like I'm proud of Lynn every damn day. She pulls out that English saddle and gets on. Cause I know that she hates it with everything, every fiber of her being right now but I'm determined to make her feel comfortable in that before she hits the show pen in <clears throat> three weeks, three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> Did you just gig? <laughs> I actually just threw up in my mouth a little bit. So, you, okay. On the next topic, mm-hmm. before we wrap it up and go to some personal stories, do you guys have any tips on how we as equestrians can feel the most comfortable in our clothing and our tack at any size? I know Nikki, you specifically have a couple that you've given me over the years. I do have a tip. (laughs) Um, so when I, you know, went back into the show pen after I had my daughter and after I had had some time off, um, I actually specifically after I left teaching, I ended up gaining some weight because I wasn't running, running, running on my feet. I was in the burn, but I had less stress in my life and I was sitting more because I was doing a lot more just computer work. And so I was going back into the show pen feeling a little um, less like I was fitting into the body image I expected myself to be in the show pen, which is interesting. And so I ended up getting shapewear. And so that's my tip is if you don't like the lines, because it was all about the lines for me, if I didn't, I got shapewear and no shame, walked in, picked it out, bought some off Sheen, by the way, for like $6. And they look darn good. (laughs) Right? So I feel when I, when I put those on and I'm, I sweat my butt off, but at the same time, I can like just smoothly tuck in my shirt and then it's out of my mind. I don't, I don't have to like haul on my pants and think about my pants falling down because when I gained weight, I discovered pants fall down more than they ever have in my life. I don't understand how that works, but it's what happened. So it took those concerns off of my mind. And that was the tip that I shared with Nadine. <laughs> you're, you're talking to two girls that wear shapewear in the show ring and we know several people that do. Um, 
so even in your when you did your podcast and of the can I help and Nadine even mentioned a pair of socks mm-hmm. girl socks are a real thing like yes, you have to be, right. right like you have also I have the socks that you love back in stock and they were take they were picked up by another supplier so it's oh really yes okay. uh so you know you pick your favorite brand of socks that you wear or style of socks that you wear your favorite underwear that you wear that you know will stay in place while you're riding um you know your favorite bra that you wear that gives you the best support or the straps don't fall down I I constantly struggle with straps falling down and it drives me bonkers it's you literally find every little piece of everything that makes you feel the most comfortable and then I think you are well on your way of the building blocks of making yourself feel more comfortable riding in front of other people (laughs) just everything has to be comfortable Lynn do you have any tips um, I know personally for me, certain colors. Mm. So I, I, first off, all for shapewear, all the shapewear all the time, like <laughs> fill out those lines, clean up those lines. But personally, I don't, I don't want to wear white. And that's just the personal, A, I'll get it very dirty, but B, I'm much more self-conscious in white mm-hmm. as a bigger person than I am in say a navy or a black or a charcoal or and I, I, I can find some pretty nice outfits in those colors that make me still feel, but white, I feel very much on display. It's so crisp. It's so clean. I think, you know, you want to do it justice. So for me, I just choose to not wear white. There are a lot of people in the, in the horse world that wear white and that's on them. But for personal preference for me, I just feel like it puts me a little bit too much on display for my own liking. So I just kind of stick to some different colors. Like and in, jeans in the that English- in the English, do you have to wear those cream colored breeches? So trends change. You have to, in the show pen, wear, um, yes, like the, the beige breeches. Now trends are changing on what color knee pads you wear and what, you know, what's kind of in trend. But yes, you do have to wear those. Now, there are a lot of brands right now that make much nicer pairs of those. You like know, back thicker in, material kind of thing. Or even thinner material that okay. with more stretch with that are lighter, that are cooler, that, you know, I think of back to my hunter pony days, these great big thick breeches that were heavy and hot and that has changed. So, I mean, I think that people are realizing that, you know, now one of the things in Western Pleasure, you see some of the lace sleeves or sheer sleeve, because as people are showing in the middle of summer, that's just one more way to add some air through your, your outfit. So I think, you know, you find some things that work for you. I'm personally a sweater. I, I would love to have an outfit that had lace sleeves or sheer sleeves. Just anything you can do to get more air through is a bonus for me. Okay. Those are really good tips. Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada. Canada.